on this episode of The Executive Chair. I grew up in a speaker factory, literally grew up in a speaker factory. I like getting out there and just surprising people. I love my job. I love the people I work with. But uh, there was a lot of training that he was preparing me for to get me here. John Ivey knew what he was going to do when he grew up at three years old. Being raised in a speaker factory, it was evident from an early age John would work for his father's company one day. But this isn't a story of a spoiled son getting handed the keys to the kingdom. John Ivey has done everything from sweeping the factory floor to driving a speaker truck. Now, in his fourth year at the helm, Ivey still sees himself as a speaker salesman. So, my name's John Ivey and I'm a speaker salesman. (laughs) <laughs> it's what I, it's, it's what I do. It's, it's, I'm one of the only people that I've met that knew what they were going to do when they were two and three years old. Everyone else wanted to be a firefighter, a race car driver, an astronaut. Um, I always wanted to sell speakers. It's been my, my whole life dream and goal. And, uh, I'm blessed enough that, uh, I was handed over the reins to our family company four years ago. Um, and now I get to do what I get to live my dream. I get to do what I plan to do. Well, we'll talk about that for a second because you are your second generation of Ivy's to run MyTech, which is the overarching you know company. Your dad Lloyd built pretty substantial foundation for you, for you to you know go on it. What was your biggest fear taking over four years ago? So my dad's a rock star. Anyone that's ever met him uh, knows he he commands a room. Uh, he is the American dream. Uh, eighth grade dropout. Uh, built a company of of 1,200 employees. So of course, the biggest fear is, can I fill those shoes? Um, Will I live up to the expectations? Second generation uh, either are going to succeed uh, astronomically or fail. (laughs) And if you fail in that position after everything's been set up for you and an incredible foundation has been set, um, it looks really bad. So there's there's a lot of pressure uh, to carry on the legacy. Um, he's Lloyd Ivy. He built this amazing thing and, uh, I'm just his son. And so there's a, a lot of uphill, um, battles that you have to fight as a second generation. Uh, yeah, no, I, I know a lot of this was given to me, but I've prepared enough for it. Um, I'm passionate about it. Uh, and I'm, I'm able to do it. Ivy has taken the old Atlas Soundalier, merged it with innovative electronic designs, and looks to remake it to reflect the technology and advancements the company and the industry has made to take the new Atlas IED to the next level. At at what point do you think you will be comfortable not referring to yourself as just Lloyd's son? In the commercial industry, I'm less known as Lloyd's son and uh, more known as like, hey, it was the guy that was driving the Atlas demo trailer. You know, so when Lloyd bought Atlas, I was running a car audio company called Extant. And at the time, we were doing $14 million. It wasn't a big part of our corporation, but it's, it's a nice chunk of change. And there was 80% net margin, super high-end car audio. So when Lloyd bought Atlas, he said, John, I want you to go to Atlas. And I said, great, I'll go run Atlas. <laughs> and of course, you're right, I know, it's funny now. Uh, I was young at the time. And how old were you at that time? I was 22, 23. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll go run that list. Yeah, yeah. So um, didn't know what I was talking about. And Lloyd said that. He goes, John, you don't know audio. I'm like, no, I do. I mean, I grew up in a speaker factory, literally grew up in a speaker factory. He goes, no, tell me, um, uh, 
tell me the impedance of a two watt cap on a 70 volt line. I was like, what? <laughs> Why do they use transformers? So it was very evident very quickly that I didn't know what I was talking about. So he said, I want you to go to Atlas, but you're going to start at the bottom. Uh, you're going to start being a, as a truck driver. And I drove that truck um, for years. I actually drove it to my wedding. Got to meet a lot of our dealers uh, throughout the entire country. Spent a couple of years on the road. And I would show up at a, an event or a dealer. I would set up the truck. A regional sales manager would fly in do the demonstrations, meet with the reps, and then fly back out. And I would pack up the whole truck and drive to the next city. So it was a really good education of, of just the grassroots of how this industry works. Um, and that's, that's really why I learned that we're in the relationship business. We just happen to sell audio gear. But it was the relationships and the trust that the dealer put in Atlas that was making it successful. I was brought up to take, I was brought up to this position, right? It, it was my entire life was training to do this. Um, my father let me make tremendous mistakes growing up um, and to learn from them. There's, I, and we don't have time to get into it here, but there's been some neg business negotiations that I've had with my father uh, that I came out on the losing end. And, and after it, he'd say, okay, what did you do wrong there? <laughs> you know, it was, it was a, a lot of that. Um, my father, how again, important is that, by man. the way? How, how important is it for your dad to at least let you make those mistakes? Oh, incredibly important. I, I would have, if, if, if he didn't do it when I was younger, and at the time I was furious. Like, yeah. you know, he, he would say things like, what kind of leverage did you bring into this meeting? Well, you're my father. So, <laughs> you, know, it, it was, you know, it was, it was that kind of stuff. And he was, he was teaching at the time. It's hard to see that. Uh, but he was, he was teaching me that you always should add value to the equation. When you, when you enter into a partnership, you have to know what you bring and you have to make sure that what you bring is valuable enough that you are needed in the equation. So um, it wasn't easy, but it was a great education. And he was always doing it for my benefit. I only realized that after I got to take over the CEO position. Um, he would always say, John, it's a, it's a much more difficult job than people know. And it looks great from the outside, but it's a lot. And he was right. And, and I took over and I was like, yes, finally here, let's do this. And then the, the weight of it starts coming where, you know, expenses, there's, there's a lot of expenses to run your own business. Um, there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of late nights. There's a lot of traveling. It's, it's worth it. I love my job. I love the people I work with. But uh, there was a lot of training that he was preparing me for to get me here. And uh, I struggle with that with my children. I don't want to have to teach them the same way, but I know it's the right thing. So I let them make those mistakes. And it's so hard as a parent to watch them doing it because you just want to fix it. But you can't. You got to let them make it, learn from it, tell them how they can prevent it in the future. And uh, that was the education I got. And I'm very grateful for it now. MyTech sells products in almost every facet of the audiovisual industry. The company has consumer products, commercial speakers and processors, and develops solutions for corporate as well as education. Ivy himself is on the transportation board of the CTA. How do you tell the difference between worlds of residential, consumer, and commercial AV? What, what some people think would be a detriment, because we are very diverse. Uh, we have a, yeah. a large OEM division. Um, with, we're tier one on, on the audio side for, for vehicles. 
we have a consumer electronics division uh, with retail partners. We have our commercial division. We have our mass transit division. And now we have our POE powered IP speaker division. So when people look at that, they go, well, how do you manage all that? Wouldn't it be easier just to focus on, on one avenue? And the answer to that is by being diverse, it makes us very stable. So at one time or another, every division of our company has lost money for over a year, including Atlas when we bought it. Atlas lost money for the first two years after we acquired them. Um, and it hasn't lost any sense. But you know, at that time, MTX was making a ridiculous amount of money on, on, with Circuit City and our other you know, retail partners. So any time that one division goes down, the other ones are there to carry it. Um, the other good news is in this, this situation is our engineers are cross-trained. So if emerging technology comes out of the consumer world first, uh, voice control, uh, our engineers are already familiar with that. So if the commercial audio industry needs it, we already have engineers that have expertise in that field. Mm, very good. You mentioned the, the consumer electronics and the consumer technology. You, you are a member of the CTA uh, Board of Industry Leaders. Uh, you're also the youngest chairman uh, of, of the board, uh, of a division. It's, it's a, you're chairman of the vehicle technology division. What has your tenure at CTA meant to you personally and, and professionally as well as your company? CTA uh, does a really good job of supporting its members in Washington, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they support a PAC. Um, there is uh, people in Washington making sure that technology is not constrained by new laws. There's a, a lot of kind of oversight of what's happening on the legal side to protect the technology companies so we can continue to innovate. That in, that in addition to, I built a lot of friendships there. I have a, a lot of people I know at different companies on the consumer side that we can call upon if we see opportunities. It's a really good organization. And honestly, I wish there was something like that on the commercial side. Mm. Um, you know, there's new laws. Um, I was just in a, having a conversation with Chuck Wilson uh, last week, uh, and he was talking about some uh, potential new laws about anything over 50 volts be considered high voltage. So electricians would have to be called to a job site in certain states. That stuff terrifies us. You know, a, a large push of uh, our business is the PoE powered speakers that we came out with 14 years ago. You know, we were one of those pioneers. Um, the industry wasn't ready for it yet. The technology was barely there, but we got it out and it's been out there deployed for 14 years. If laws like that start changing, it makes it difficult for us to run our business. We like to be stable. As I talked about, one of the values of, of working with Atlas is that we're a very stable company. And so by shifting laws, it can change how people have to conduct the business. And I, I feel that the commercial industry is missing that part to it that the CTA does so well. You, you've said a couple of times about, you know, folks not knowing or understanding where, where Atlas is now. Um, and you and I have talked about this before and, and I, I don't remember if it was on the, on, you know, recorded or not, but you've, you've called you know, Atlas the, the best kept or the worst kept secret in, in, in pro AV. How do you change that? How do you adjust that? It's, it's difficult. And, and yeah, I think I said it's, it's not a good thing to be the best kept secret in AV. And that's how I feel sometimes there's still, there's still a difference in the perception of what Atlas sound is and my tech, the company that owns Atlas and the new Atlas IED. 
we're a very technologically advanced company. Um, we're, we're moving forward at great speeds and some of our customers in the industry don't really know what Atlas Sound has become over the years. So getting out there and showing them, hey, this is the new Atlas IED. Look at all this technology. Look at these big installations, the world's largest that we've completed. And we go into jobs where other people have failed and their technologies don't work and we fix it. That's really what motivates me moving forward. Um, we've had the discussion multiple times if it would have just been better to change the name when we bought the company. Uh, they, they were known, and just to be frank here, Atlas was known as cheap ceiling speakers and microphone stands. That's what we bought. Um, the value in it when we bought the company was, like I said before, the relationships that they had developed over the years, the amount of credit that they extend people. So Atlas has over 2,000 customers on open credit and 800 that are actively buying as, as large customers, what we you know, qualify as large customers. So that's what we got. The baggage with it was um, that the name was associated with commodity type product. And my tech is a technology company. So overcoming that. And we thought when we bought IED, which was in 2007, so we've owned that company for well over a decade now, that people would start to realize, oh, there is technology here. They do do the world's largest installs, um, but it's still been difficult. We've already covered this briefly, but you, you not only run Atlas IED, but MyTech, MTX, and the other brands. What does a typical day look like for you? How do you get everything done? I hire people who are smarter than me that work harder than me, and I let them do their job, right? Um, I set the vision. I'm, I'm very passionate about technology. I'm very, very passionate about our product. Um, so I, I stay heavily involved in that. And then I hire people to do other jobs that I'm, I'm not great at. Uh, and, and recently we've had some, some new hires that you and I talked about that are just doing great. Uh, we're continuing to expand. Last year we added 60 people in two new locations, one in Salt Lake City, one in Elkhart, Indiana. And that's, that's really, you know, how things get done at Atlas. My day consists of waking up, reviewing all the numbers. And the second thing is I look at any flagged emails that may be customer issues. So I reach out to customers directly. I did it today. Uh, we had a customer that um, they wanted a white speaker and unfortunately they got stuck in port. So I called the customer and said, hey, don't worry. We're going to build these in America for you because we still have our, our factory in Texas. The ones you ordered were sourced, but we can make these here. You'll have them next week. So the second part of my day is looking at any customer issues so I can solve those. Um, and then I go into the standard meetings. And a lot of my meetings are, are focused forward on what partnerships do we want to work on? Uh, what technologies do we want to develop? What areas and industries do we think our products could add benefit to? Uh, and then I, I wrap up my day uh, by going to get my kids from school usually, coming back, making dinner with my family um, if I'm home. And then I, I hit email again, which is pretty normal. Uh, now, that's if I'm home. Last year, I traveled over 200 days. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. Uh, but I'm blessed. I got to take my children with me on some of those trips. Um, my wife accompanies me on the majority of them. So it, it's, it works for us. How important is that? Because you're, you're talking to a lot of folks. I, mean, I, I, did, I didn't do 200 days, but God, no. Um, but I did a fair amount of travel. How, how important is that to be able to bring 
either your wife and, and or your kids along with some of those trips? Uh, incredibly important to us as a family. So when I was young, um, I did not have a very good attendance record at school because <laughs> I traveled with my father on a regular basis. Um, I was always kind of in tow. He was uh, teaching me incredibly valuable lessons uh, about business and relationships. And as I said, you know, when we started this, uh, we're in the relationship business. So I believe face-to-face meetings are very important. Um, and I also am a big family man. So by having the ability to take my family with me, it makes it so I can actually do my job, which is to make sure I'm out there visiting with customers and partners and seeing the technologies. Uh, we're expanding internationally every year. So we have locations now in, in seven different countries. They all need to see me once a year. I couldn't do that if I wasn't able to take my kids. I wouldn't do it, honestly, if I wasn't able to take my kids and wife with me. Ivy grew up in the AV industry, knowing what he wanted to do from an early age. Not everyone was lucky enough to have a family heritage in the industry. What would his advice be to someone trying to get into the AV industry? So the good thing about the, the pro AV industry is there's a lot of uh, opportunity and tools out there. So uh, first and foremost, there's the Ignite program from NSCA, the National Systems Contractor Association. Uh, they've been doing a great job bringing in uh, people that are interested into our industry. There's all the tools on the Avexa website. Uh, in fact, I believe there's even a career path there that you can follow. And of course, you know, I went through SanadCon. I, I sent my children through it. Um, Pat and Brenda Brown do an amazing job with that. Once people get passionate. But that's, that's really kind of the most important thing is, do you have a passion for this industry? And I find that the people we hire that really do care about audio and visual stuff, they're usually tinkerers on the side or, or they're into car audio or they're into home audio. Uh, it just makes it a lot easier. As the industry um, continues to move forward with more and more devices connected, having a computer background, uh, I believe it's helpful. And honestly, at our company, the people that work out best are the people that have some field experience. So, you know, we have a, a senior vice president that used to uh, install satellite dishes for Muzak. <laughs> he's a long, oh, oh, he's, he's way far away from that now. Um, he's actually senior vice president of all digital products, including our DSP and things like that. But at least he knows, you know, from the installer's point of view, is this friendly? Is this easy to put in? Or is this going to be an enjoyable experience? So, the, and, and I have to say, you know, our company's diverse. There's also, we have a car audio division or a mobile division. And there's nowhere near the tools on that side of the industry, the consumer electronics car audio side, that there is in the pro AV space. Uh, the pro AV space is very professional. And again, NSCA and Avixa and quite a few other organizations have done a lot to make sure that there's a, a very clear career path on how to get a, a real career in this industry. What frightened you? Um, tariffs, instability in markets, uh, not knowing the rules of the road. So we can be incredibly successful, uh, have all of our technologies aligned and working our plan. You know, we have a one, three and five year business plan. We can be working it perfectly. And then someone comes in and drops potentially 25% tariffs on some of our goods. Um, or laws like uh, 
changing anything over 50 volts to be considered high voltage, it has to be installed in electricians. When those rules change, it's hard to run a business effectively. And, you know, we, we have factories in multiple countries. Um, if we knew some of this stuff was coming, we had plans to build another factory um, in North America and automate our 400,000 square foot factory in Dallas. But when those are dropped on you and you have to respond within, you know, 30, 60, 90 days, it's, it's very difficult to plan your strategy effectively. In, in your own words, how, how do you define success? My, my definition of success is going to be retiring at April 16th, 2042 and passing the company on to my children. That's okay. been my, my whole goal. I am just a caretaker of this. Uh, we're a multi-generational company. I was just next in line. Um, April 16th, 2042 is the day I turned 65. And success would look like my children having taken over by that time so I can take a breather and, and take a little vacation. As we wrap up, what advice would you give to the younger version of yourself, if you could? Uh, be grateful. You really, I mean, you, you got to be grateful. Um, you were given this great opportunity and uh, that the social life really won't matter in the end. Uh, so focus more on really what's important, uh, college and learning more about the company. Uh, my father, again, worked every weekend. And as I got older, I didn't want to be there on weekends. I wanted to be there with my friends and family. Uh, I wish I would have stayed there with him. I would have learned more. I'd have been more ready for this position. The Executive Chair is written by Tim Albright, produced by Mitchell Tulin for Aviation Media. You can visit us at aviation.tv. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.